Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about, Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave, and Cage Warriors with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme, or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Ifin, sitting opposite me as ever, Blake Harrison. Good evening. Good evening, mate. How you doing? I'm all right. Why are you smiling? Because <laughs> you went to speak and then you like cleared your throat. And then, it was like you weren't confident in your own abilities, despite the fact that you, you host about 20 podcasts and you've been doing this for years. It's like, oh, can I do it? I can introduce the show. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, look, you can, before we get on with anything, you can introduce our guest because he might as well start getting stuck in right from the off because uh, he's a familiar voice on this podcast now. Absolutely. Scroobius Pip, how you doing, mate? <clears throat> I'm good, mate. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. So um, we, are, we are here to talk about UFC 269, Oliveira versus Poirier, which is happening this Saturday. Um, we're doing this a little bit later than normally. We'd normally do it on like a Sunday and try and get it out to, to the public, to the masses, as quickly as possible. But um, we've all been quite busy doing stuff and and pip we, we've properly thrown you in at the deep end because we only told you about this today so you've not exactly been able to do like a huge amount of research have you zero prep but i'm ex- excited for, 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 for the card so i was like yeah i'm always up for coming and having a bit of a, a natter let's do it and uh, you actually pointed out before we started recording this that uh you don't think Stu necessarily does a lot of prep anyway, so you're fine. You're I, just, you know, I listen, in with to the rest all of of, I listen to all of Stu's podcasts, and he doesn't give the impression of any preparation. He's very much... Um, <laughs> like, you, brutal! And, like, you know, the, the, if, if, you, <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Stu's attitude seems to be, if you press record, 
<laughs> there will be a podcast um, for better or worse. So I'm relying on on on, on Blake's prep as as usual. Don't you worry. You're in safe hands, Pippikins. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, um, I'd say I've, I've I've been a busy boy. I've, I've got a, a little bit of stuff mainly on the main card, uh, but not as much as I would normally do. But Stu, you seemed a bit oddly confident earlier. Have you actually done some prep for this? Have you got well, well, something well, to tell the people? No, I've, I've got like some some prep for the uh, for the main card. Um, the, the Is it hundred percent fighter name pronunciations? <laughs> oh, do you know what? I do not want to be going anywhere near Jeff Neal's opponent. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. <laughs> we are going to be addressing him as Santiago throughout. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got some prep for the uh, obviously for the for the main card and. You know, we, we'll talk about a couple of fights that I'm interested in on, on the on the prelims. Otherwise, we're going to have a, a four hour podcast if we break down every fight. So I think we should yeah. talk about you know the, the the big hitters on the on the card. So with that in mind, should we start at the very top? Let's do it. Yeah, lightweight belt, Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Ooh, oh, it's a great fight. I mean, I. I've been changing my mind constantly of who I think is going to win this. And it's like, if you're a betting person, just stay clear of this fight. Please Mm -hmm. don't gamble on this fight. It's really tough. Um, One minute I'll think, you know, I I think Dustin, I think is physically stronger. So I think Poirier will struggle with the takedowns a little bit, maybe. But, sorry, I think Dustin's uh, stronger. So I think Oliveira will will struggle to, to take him down. But, there's always scrambles and landing that shot. And, and and I was watching one of the Dan Hardy breakdowns recently talking about how if Dustin does kind of like bombard in and, and, and just go in hard, that's a really great opportunity for, for Charles Oliveira to, to level change and get him to the ground. And if it goes to the ground, the there's a it's hugely in the favour of, of Charles Oliveira. On the feet, I think Dustin edges it a bit, but Oliveira can can really throw some crazy stuff, and and I think he's really exciting fighter, and he'll probably I'm, I'm not exactly sure actually, but I'm assuming he'll have a reach advantage as well. But God, I just I keep think he's got, I think mind. he's got a two inch reach advantage over Poirier. God, look at you with the prep coming in hard. Research within. <laughs> oh, <laughs> love it. But but I do. I I just think it's a really really great fight, and I can really see it going. Either way, so uh, Pip, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I mean, I think you're spot on. I think he's the the takedowns is going to be an interesting part of of this fight because Charles Oliveira he he's not a wrestling style takedown. He prefers upper body trips, cl- yeah. clench stuff, and stuff like that. And with a, a theoretically bigger and stronger g- guy, that could be a trouble. But scrambles are the kind of thing that it can go either way. And he's so, he's proved to be so t- tenacious in, in that way, not only scrambling for domination, but scrambling straight into submissions or, you know, dangerous positions. So it could be really interesting there and have a rare element of luck because when it is kind of more of a scramble, it's one of the few parts I think in this sport that does have a lucky element. Cause it's like, right. Uh, what's gr- gravity going to serve up for us t- today? So that's exciting. I, I just, I love this sport because, say, three, four years ago, this fight could have been opening the main card or maybe headlining the prelims because they're both these fighters who've been around for ages 
and they've just found their their, their feet, and it's so good that this is one of the, feels like one of the most anticipated fights of the year. Like they've both just done so good and beaten so many people that um, yeah. Well, on that, so Dustin has smashed literally his last eight apart yeah. from Khabib, yeah, and Child's nine fight win streak. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and the names that both of yes. them have, have built up in that division, yeah. it's often been, or that's been the, the problem with that division. People like Habib was always under criticism, and even more so now he's retired, of the people he beat on the way there. Charles and Dustin have both, you know, cleared out top-tier fighters and obviously a part-timer in McGregor, but other than that, top-tier, <laughs> top-tier MMA fighters. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it, it has that feel of we're getting, I was, was going to say it has that feel of we're really going to find out who's the best, but there is always that looming sh- shadow of Khabib, isn't there? There, there is always yeah. that kind of, yeah, but if Khabib was here. Yeah, I don't even think different. that's the looming shadow anymore. I think now the looming shadow is Makachev, because yeah. I really do think people are going... As soon as he gets a title shot, he wins. It doesn't matter who it's against. I think the Makachev-Dariush fight that's been booked now for February, that is going to be really something to watch. I love that that fight because yeah. I think I do. Dariush is the most <clears throat> underrated, underappreciated yeah. fighter in that weight class. Um, and Makachev, not that he's overhyped in any way, but there's so much hype behind him. It's like, that's a really interesting one because you've got a guy who is destined for the absolute top and you've got a guy who could v- 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 very much stop that. Again, might not. Good chance he won't as well. But yeah, I love we, that We scrap. all spoke about that fight, didn't we? Like, you know, a, a few a few podcasts ago, just saying, like when we was looking at the division and it, it felt like, you know, Benil, he's going to offer the, he's probably got the tools to give him the best kind of game. You know, yeah. the best kind, best kind of fight at his own game than, yeah. than perhaps Oliveira, Poirier. You know, I, I think this could be a really good opportunity for Benil to, to you know, to cement him, himself to get that shot and, and arguably the winner of, of this. Um, one thing that like, always just presents itself to me, Dustin Poirier is not the champ. It just feels like he's the champ and he's yeah. not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, mad, it, it? a lot of people have been saying that they think he is the number one lightweight in the world now that Khabib's gone. Um, I mean, you look at the names on his CV. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway, then a loss to Khabib, but then Dan Hooker and Conor McGregor twice. I mean, mm. that's unbelievable. That is incredible. Charles Oliveira's got some great names as well. I mean... You could make arguments and maybe Kevin Lee having been released now, not quite what he was. Uh, Michael Chandler, all right, he beat Dan Hooker, but other than that, he was a force in Bellator. And then Tony Ferguson, but the Tony Ferguson post Gaethje, which I think done a huge amount of damage to him. So if you weigh up their CVs, I think you could easily say that Dustin's got the better CV. Also, one of the big factors in this, I think, is there's a narrative out there at the moment. Gaethje was saying this in an interview recently. He doesn't feel like Charles Oliveira has that dog in him. He doesn't feel yeah. like when the when adversity hits that Charles Oliveira deals too well with that. Now, you could argue that, but what about the Chandler fight? He was possibly very close to being uh, stopped in that fight. Early on. At, yeah, in round one, and then he comes back in round two and knocks out Chandler. Mm. 
And we've seen Chandler go the distance with Gaethje, who I think hits harder and is a better striker. But what I would say to that is, in my head, I, I believe Chandler went out into that second round thinking, I've got him. I've got him. I can just unload. I think his corner reaver saying to him, just go forward, go forward. And I think he got a bit complacent and he got caught with a shot he didn't see. Whereas with Gaethje, he's fighting Gaethje knowing every shot can put my lights out and he's felt his power early. So he's there, tense, ready to absorb the strikes and he's watching it and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a different mindset. Um, Not to take anything away from Charles Oliveira. I do think Charles Oliveira is brilliant. But I think what Dustin has is tried and tested durability. And in Mm -hmm. these big high-level fights where everyone's skill set is relatively evenly matched. Now, that's not to say that you know, on the ground, Poirier is a match for Oliveira. I don't think he necessarily is. But I think when you're just dealing with two people that are definitely elite level, these two are elite level and they've gone the long way to get to this position. They've gone through, as you said, nine fight, eight fight uh, win streaks and, and all that kind of stuff to, to get to where they are. And they've come from featherweight, having been defeated and, you know, uh, people writing them off to now being in the situation they're in now. Um, But I think the durability of Dustin that's tried and tested could be a big factor in this because I think they could both have moments, both land shots. But when it gets to that fourth and fifth round, if it does, I think you could see Dustin with the experience of of the pressure of the Connor fights and the Khabib fights, but also the wars he's had with the Gaethje's and the Alvarez's and stuff like that. I think that could come to the forefront and we could see his experience shine for a bit. That's everything I've, logically that I think I've got to say about it. Having said yeah. that, there's a sneaking feeling in me that it's Oliveira's time and well, he could well, he could do it. Well, that's the thing for me. You've touched upon something there that I think is one of Charles Oliveira's kind of greatest advantages or tricks is that he comes across as if he can be b- bullied as a as his demeanor, his fighting style, everything. And that's glasses. when we've yeah, every, yeah that's that's when <laughs> that is when people have slipped up because they they start to get a bit of an advantage on him and think oh he's this young kid he's skinny he's not like an intimidating looking the dude but he's got so good and he's got so much yeah. experience that um yeah he can he can surprise people and I wonder if that could be the case with Dustin because I think the two Connor fights were ones where he got quite comfortable pressuring someone and beating them up. Mm. Um, so if he feels, as everyone's saying, I'm the number one in the world, it's a matter of time. If he takes the eye off the ball, Oliveira's there to, to, to grab the ball and, and take it home. You, you say, like, you know, that, that it, you know, he can get complacent and, and, and look at it like that. But when he is throwing, and I just want to talk about Dustin's boxing because I think it's just different level, um, mm-hmm. far superior to Charles's, and mm-hmm. and it's not just coming forward throwing shots. It's the way that he pivots off his shots. It's the way that he moves. I think if he can keep it standing, I think Dustin's going to put on a masterclass. Yeah, but you, you've again, it's all this, this, the stars make matchups. The Dustin's style of, of of boxing naturally a more boxing heavy style leaves room up the middle and Charles has got great front kicks, great, yeah. you know, knees and all that kind of thing. He's really good in the in the clench, so it could open himself up to getting surprised or caught by this the the style of striking that that I Charles guess, brings. I guess obviously with them both the McGregor fights, we didn't see 
we didn't see Muay Thai McGregor, did we? We saw, or Karate McGregor, whatever you want to call that style. We, mm. we saw Boxer McGregor. And yeah. and he was obviously always going to fall short, in my opinion, against um, Dustin. So, yeah, you know, I, I guess Oliveira's, you know, legs are, 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 are a dangerous thing. So, yeah, it could be. It could be. Them, them, them push kicks up the up the front could be good. But... Uh, for me, I just I don't think he's he's just going to be standing anywhere for too long to get to get mm. caught. I think his movement's too good. Yeah, I mean, and it's that as you say that that front kick up the middle, he can throw that sort of with reckless abandon because he wants Dustin to try and take him down. Yeah, and that's always like when you get someone that's such a specialist on the ground, that it really opens up their striking because they know that they're happy being taken down. So where Dustin might be fighting in, where Dustin does that natural thing sometimes, where especially when he gets you up against the cage, he squares up his stance, which is good for takedown defense anyway. Um, but Oliveira can, but he'll have to, Poirier will have to be aware of potential takedowns because he knows that if he gets put on his back, he's in really big trouble with Oliveira. Even if he's not put on his back, even if they're just scrambling on their knees, as you said earlier, Pip, that, that whole thing of like, where's gravity going to take us? Oliveira's yeah. going to love that. Just like, let's just initiate a scramble and see what happens. Um, but Oliveira can really throw kicks. He's got that lovely, um, that kind of jumping switch kick to the body, that, that jumping like switch or front kick, jumping yeah. front kick to the body, whatever yeah. it is. I don't know the technical terms, but uh, you've not come here for technical terms, guys. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but uh, but he's, he's got this lovely that he does that, and he can really smash that into the body, and he can throw that with reckless abandon because if Olive, if Poirier grabs it and tries to take him down, that's great. That's really brilliant, and it's going to be really interesting to see how Poirier implements the boxing but making sure that there's no chance of a scramble, a takedown, and not reacting to the kicks too much that he's going to initiate something he doesn't want to be a part of. I, th- I think... Um... I think he's past it, like not past it. He's he's over it. His prop, but I think Oliveira in the past has had a problem in being too comfortable on the ground, and it's different when you've got someone powerful on top of you. When f- he went to the ground with F- F- Felder and he just got blasted yeah. out of it, and you think of your Pettis and your your Lamas and a few of the other J- Jim Miller, a few people who who beat him in the in the ground game, not necessarily because their jujitsu is better, but because their MMA is better. Their overall, like the whole, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the in the face. Everyone's, you know, we've seen a lot of people come over from BJJ and not have any luck because it's a, di- a different thing when you've got someone like that. And it makes me think Poirier is that guy who's got that bigger, heavier f- frame who could just throw from guard. And if, mm. if Charles got too comfortable, I think that we've seen s- since those fights he's developed that and he's, mm. you know, he's more aware, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be great. Really, really <laughs> cracking fight. Um, is there anything else anyone wants to say about it? I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot of it, but it's, it's really a, an exciting one. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying Dustin, but oh, it's, 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 yeah. Uh, as, yeah. As you said at the beginning, if I was putting money on it, I'd probably think, do you know what? I might put my money on the next fight. Yeah, well, that's a great segue into the next fight. <laughs> Two completely different title fights on this. I mean, yeah. I mean, what Nunes versus Pena is? Is any one of us giving Pena a chance? Uh, I I am a little bit, but it's because I've got a massive soft spot for uh, for Julian and for, uh, Pena because 
her series of tough i think was the last series i watched and she was so good just just going in because it was still early days of of women in in, in mma as it started life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Won the first one, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. As, and, and there was all this kind of, they're all looking beautiful and it's all a bit of marketing on that. And then when she would come out, hair back and just look like, a scrapper and was just going out and being scrappy and 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 vicious and yeah got a, a lot of time for a obviously betting on anyone against Amanda Nunes seems ridiculous but she does offer something that Amanda hasn't really faced recently in her tenaciousness her her persistence on takedowns her scrappiness um Amanda has fought a lot of people of late from memory who are up for for st- standing up and having a go um, and not coming close to what a sh- sh- she can do. but That's yeah. a game plan you really need to reassess. Just go in there and stand with her. Yeah. Like, whoever <laughs> says that to their fighters needs to have a word. Yeah, but when your fighter is Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, Jermaine Durandamy, people who you'd think, yeah, actually, mm. they'd have a chance. And they all got Starched, done in. mate. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 for me, it's just like what Nunez. What will we ever see? An Amanda Nunez turn up for a fight where she's gone. I don't care enough anymore. Like, will that day come? Yeah. I mean, she's she's a mum now. She seems to be having a lovely life. I'm sure she's got so much money in the bank. I mean, I'm trying to look at all the title defenses she has. She won the belt off Misha Tate back in 2016. It's over five years now that she's been a champion. Mate, she's, she's not lost in seven years. I mean, that's crazy. Um, and then she became a double champ back in 2018, uh, around this, around this, late December 2018. So, I mean, how many fights? So she's had one, two, three, four, five, six, hang on, seven, eight, 
nine fights as a pay-per-view like headliner. Mm-hmm. Nine fights, eight as a champion. She must be rolling in it. She must, like how how long do do you? Is she bothered about doing it for? I think is more the question than anything else. And I don't and want to be disrespectful to Pena, but Pena's on a one fight win streak yeah. against Sarah yeah. McMahon. Before that, she got beat by GDR. She, Jermaine Durand and me beat her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then before that, she beat Nico Mon- Montano, who was a 125 that had all sorts of problems, won that Ultimate Fighter series that was the inaugural kind of 125 pound champion, and then didn't really fight again for ages and there was all sorts of issues with that um and i think she's been released recently as well so how much do we count that win for and i think before that i can't remember who she fought but she was beat again and you're just like well she's talked her way into this fight she hasn't necessarily earned this with her wins or She's Nunes has cleared the way to. I was going to say, it's all that's left. But yeah. again, just speaking on the, not that it's all about uh, about the money, but you look at who Nunes has co-main evented w- with when you start like So it's been Jones Gustafsson too, Jones Santos, Usman Covington, um, Blakovic Adesanya. So huge cards that she's been co-main eventing on and getting, you know, the champions... Uh, pay-per-view cut so yeah you're right she's she's earned a lot in this time and again Mm. i completely agree i think it will come down to what nunez turns up because the last couple of fights she's not looked as oh she's looked amazing obviously but i mean you've got to wonder at what point the motivation will wane and at what point you'll start just going ah let's turn up and do the job and and get back to the family Yeah, and you can't blame her. The competition's just not out there. Um, so yeah, I think I think that is it. Is like what day? When will the day come where Nunes just goes? I'm just going to earn a paycheck, and I'm not going to try that hard. Maybe that day never comes. But yeah. that that's I think what every coach deep down that's looking at developing a game plan for Amanda Nunes. I'm pretty sure most of them are there in their heart of hearts, going, "I hope she's just on an off night." Yeah. Because I mean, what, how do what you, do you approach do? it? How do you approach it? Like, you know, what is the game plan against against the lioness? She's like ridiculous. Well, my thought is Julia Penner will, will be coming out and wanting to a chow sonner. When Chow fought Anderson that first time, and everyone was like, "Not got a chance." He's so mid level in comparison, and Chow's argument all the way in the build up was, "No one's ever b- bullied Anderson." Everyone always has given him too much respect. They've kind of been in awe as they they get in there. I'm going to go out there and beat him up. And I think that's got to be her approach on this. I'm going to go out there and just get in her face, put pressure on, try and make it ugly, you know, make it uncomfortable. And that's kind of all you can do, other than like your cyborg style, hopefully you catch her, um, which obviously didn't work out. But yeah, I think you've got a chouse on in it and go and... Make it ugly. The big difference there, though, works out. big difference there. I mean, obviously, um, like Pena does have good wrestling credentials, and she's mm. able to sort of follow that game plan. But Chael Sonnen is able to grab a skinny Anderson Silva and yeah. lay on top of him and do what he needed to do. But yeah. Nunes is probably more naturally now a 145er rather than a 135er. So maybe the weight cut is something we need to consider here. Is like how how good does her weight cut go? I've not been at 35 for a little while. Yeah. But 
Pena is not going to be able to physically dominate Nunes just from a strength perspective, the way that a Chael Sonnen would have done yeah, and Anderson yeah, Silva. Right. So that's just, yeah, I just, I just don't see where she can win this fight. Yeah, it's not easy, is it? But that's, again, put that soundbite in every match that Amanda Nunes has. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Whoever her opponent is, I don't see where she can win it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the, the only thing that interests me really is the Shevchenko rematch. And I know that they've done it twice and Amanda's got two wins over her, but that was a long time ago. We've seen Shevchenko just become this dominant champion as well. Mm-hmm. I think from a technical standpoint, she's a better fighter than Nunes. It's just that Nunes is so powerful. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing that fight again because I think it would be a, a new fight a different fight and I think there's a lot of people out there uh, that would happily watch that fight and have far more interest in that fight regardless of an, of Nunes's two I'd, previous wins than I'd, anyone else you can put a 35 against Nunes I'd love that again just out of curiosity because I think it's really hard to tell how either of them have come along since then because they're so far above everyone else in the division yeah, it's kind of yeah. Shevchenko has looked amazing, but her competition hasn't been great. And similar with Amanda Nunes, there's not been oh no, her competition has obviously been amazing, but she's cleared. They've both cleared out divisions and are kind of going in there against people that are there to get b- beaten up by the champ. <laughs> essentially, is their job. Um, That's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know it's never going to happen. Obviously, you know she's she's a Bellator now, but. You know, the Cyborg rematch, I'll, I'll be down for that. I'd love to see that again. And because, uh, you know, when you, they're both throwing hands the way they do, as we've spoke about before, I think I think she was just absolutely shocked and, and was just, yeah, obviously it, it ended very quickly. But I think a rematch, oh, I mean, I'd love to watch a couple of rounds of that. That would be absolutely incredible. But it's never going to happen. And I think the only fight that's going to make big money, that's going to be, exciting because both divisions have been cleared out is the Shevchenko rematch and yeah. I'm not sure if, if they're going to do it I don't know what what else is there for either of them now no I, I agree I think just just filling up that belt with rubies isn't it that is that's yeah. <laughs> that all there is there is left to do and earning a lot of money I mean good luck to them they're, they're both leagues ahead of the rest of their division and they can just earn fortunes and good for them yeah Essentially, exhibition fights over and over again, but you paid to see it, didn't you? Yep. Well, I tell you what, I don't think will be an exhibition fight, <laughs> and that is Jeff Neal versus, and I'll save you here, Stu Santiago Ponzanibio. I think that is going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, I think people have, have forgotten about, about Ponzanibio. I think people yeah. have forgotten about Pons. Like there was a point that he was really up for for, for title contention, like when he beat Gunnar. Let, let me have a look at who it was. I know he, he yeah, beat Gunner. It was Gunner Nelson and then Mike Perry and Neil Magny um, had a cancelled fight against Usman, a cancelled fight against Lawler. He was really up there, but then was out, out for a couple of years. Um, Do you know why? Do you know no. Why? He, he had, it was really quite bad. He had some kind of bacterial infection in his blood that made wow. its way into his bones he was in hospital for three months, uh, like staying in hospital for three months. And yeah, I think at one point, one of the doctors was saying, you probably won't fight again. 
all this kind of stuff. So it's been a real long road back for Santiago Ponzinibbio. And you're right, he people have forgot about him because he was on such a tear. He was yeah. really looking like someone that could be at very least a title challenger, if not a champion. And then um, this unfortunate thing happens to him. It has a huge effect on him. He's out for, as you say, the best part of two years. And uh, he, he comes back. I think he fought Li Jingliang. And I think Li Jingliang was a late notice replacement. So he wasn't right. fully prepared for him. Got knocked out in maybe the first round. And uh, and then he fought Miguel Baeza recently. And it was not an easy fight by any means. But he, he carved out a, a, a decision. But yeah, it's he's had a really hard time. I, I don't think he's the fighter he was previously. But But you're right. At one point, he was the man. Yeah, it's it's not knowing how much he's got back to to where he was because I think anyone who's out for a length of time, other than Dominic Cruz, needs a bit of time in there to get used to it and get back to where they were. So, if that ground out win, you know, was the experience he needed to get back to where he was, then we've got an incredibly hard fight to call. Jeff Neal, obviously, on on a bit of a skid. You know, he's he's he, he was starching people and, and looking like a beast, and then he took that step up and has struggled a little bit. But um, As we've they're said both going to be up for it, aren't they? It's the gateway fighter, Magni, isn't he? And, yeah. and some people fall at that hurdle, and and obviously the the, the loss against Wonderboy. I mean, three losses. I mean, that's not going to be the end of Jeff Neal, is it? He's he's too much of a too much of a prospect. No, but I think it will probably eliminate him from. Uh, the top fifteen for a while, or at least he'll be he'll be fighting people behind him for a while. People people outside the top fifteen will be looking at Neil and going, "Yes, please, let's let me get that guy." And the UFC will make him do it, and he won't have a leg to stand, and he won't be able to turn down fights when he's on a free fight losing streak. Um, and it is because his losses, as you say, Wonder Boy and Neil Magny, they are the solid gym. top ten at some points in their careers, the top five fighters they are and they're tough fighters to deal with as well particularly wonder boy with his skill set so you know they're not they're not shameful losses at all i think ponza nibio would be the best win on uh jeff neil's record um but yeah but, but what i do think is i think both of them like to box and i think it could be a really really fun fight i think this could there's yeah. so many stars on this main card and this fight, I think, is very much one of the ones that's flying under the radar. I mean, even on the prelims, which we might just touch on briefly later, we've got the likes of Dominic Cruz fighting and and, yep. and, and Emmett and Ige and stuff, which is probably going to be a, a great fight as well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this fight, uh, I, I think it could be a decision that is either a, a, a split decision or, or, or something like that that's, that's a real fantastic fight of the night contender. Or it could be that particularly Jeff Neal catches Ponzinibbio early because Ponzinibbio is in one of those moods where he just really wants to throw his hands. Neil mm. catches him early and it's, it's lights out and Neil walks away with a 50 K bonus. I think again, it's one of those ones that could go either way. And I think it could be a really cracking fight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think like you were saying about Jeff Neal, what would happen with him if he, if he lost, <clears throat> I also think he's the kind of fighter that could go off to a PFL and 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 have a good chance of winning that that million pound tournament, go over to Bellator and really makes some waves there because he he's that kind of fighter that 
he's got the athleticism and skill to really smash people that are a little bit below his level and then be really tested to at, at the really highest level. But yeah, I think it's got war written all over it. Yeah. I think we I was listening to our mutual friend Sean Sheehan the other day and he was talking about like how if you're kind of like a top 15 to you know 8 9 fighter in the UFC and you're never really going to get past that point the PFL must be so appealing looking yeah i mean you have about what was it like four or five fights over the course of a year of the tournament so obviously you want to stay like healthy in that but you win it you get a million dollars yeah. So you get your fight pay every time you fight, and then you walk away with like a, a belt and a million dollars if you win the whole thing. Yeah. That has got to be appealing for a lot of those fighters that like, as you mentioned, like the Jeff Neals of the world and stuff like that, because you're never going to get that's, – that's, you're never going to get anywhere near that money fighting in the UFC if you Particularly don't break into in the year. top five. Uh, def- definitely not in not a year. In a year. Yeah. No. Well, let's let's look at Magni. Magni kind of made a million dollars in in what three years? Surely no. not. No. I mean, there was that one year he had about six fights or seven fights in the year and got a few performance of the night bonuses. So he might have got close, mm. but still, it's a it's a push. Yeah. A real push. I mean, Neil Magni is by no means one of those fighters that people are like. Oh my god, I've got to watch the Magni fight. I mean, I love Magni. I think he's a great fighter, mm-hmm. but. He's by no means a casual fan's go-to, yeah, I really want to watch that guy fight. It's really interesting, is it? B- b- because I'm excited to watch his fight, but because of, who's it, of who he's against every yeah. time. It's like, oh, yeah. are they going to pass the test? It's yes. not because I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see Magni. It's like, oh, this will be interesting. Like, is the yeah. hype real kind of thing? Yeah. And so for speaking? someone like him, go to PFL, earn that million, and yeah. he probably would win it. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not just PFL. Obviously, we're going to... I would imagine in the you know early on in the new year we're going to find out some more information about this this new organisation that's going to be yeah appearing um, still seems to be sort of cloaked in uh, in mystery at the moment but um, be interested to see what 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 that is and and mm. what the sort of money that's floating about is for fighters because you know UFC are being dragged through the coals at the moment for their for their pay and 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 rightly so you know fighters are are putting so much on the line they look at look at mike perry the other night i think you know he 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 boxed didn't he and and i think he won more in that than he's than in his entire you know ufc career like it's uh you know you can see why the tax man was delighted to hear that (laughs) (laughs) he can finally pay that tax bill and all the fines yeah But yeah, it is. It's a shame that obviously you know we all love UFC and 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 it should go to you know organisation to see the, the the best fights in the world. But you can see why these fighters are looking elsewhere. You can see why mm-hmm. you know people are going. Oh, hang on, look at what Corey Anson's you know been earning in, in Bellator. Mm-hmm. He's he's loving life over there. And mm-hmm. arguably, you know, I think if you want to be the best in the world and you want to fight the best, then it's got to be in the UFC. But I don't know. It's it's, it's definitely a, a, a conversation I'm sure most fighters have. It's like, well, hang on. Do I just want the, the glory of being the best of the best? Or do I just want to pay me mortgage and set myself up for the rest of my life? Because I've got a very short time in that octagon. Depends where you see your, yourself, isn't it? Because if you go to the UFC and you're a superstar or a champion or headlining cars, there's loads of money to be made. Like There's, mm. there's millions. But if you're going to be, as as Blake was saying, that kind of, 14, 15 kind of ranked guy, 
Yeah, maybe go elsewhere. Mm. It's a tough one, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, someone who might end up looking for greener pastures if he doesn't get a win could be Cody Garbrandt. I mean, I know he's a huge star. He will get a lot of attention. But Cody Garbrandt, who's fighting Kayakara France on this card, he's dropping down to 125 for the first time ever. I think the story of the weight cut is going to be so important to the outcome of this fight. I mean, we saw how difficult um, TJ Dillashaw found that drop to flyweight with the EPO and everything. Yeah. We were speaking to Sam Creasy earlier this week, the uh, Cage Warriors flyweight champion before his fight on Saturday night. And uh, he was saying he's, he's trained a lot with Cody Garbrandt and when he went out to Team Alpha Male a, a while back. And he thinks that, you know, Cody's frame is that little bit smaller and stuff. So he might be able to deal with the weight cut a bit better. But we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how this week goes and how that weight cut looks. Because Cody's got great power, even mm-hmm. at 135. I mean, he's only won one of his last, is it five fights? Which doesn't read too well. But that knockout over a sunsail was something else. That yeah. one where he was leaning up against the K, dipped and then just threw that right hook. Bang, yeah. Walk off KO. Unbelievable. Yeah, KO of the year contender. It was phenomenal. But one thing that will happen when he's going down that weight is he'll probably compromise his chin and his, his durability. And Kaikara France is by no means like a knockout artist, but he does have power. We saw that in mm-hmm. the Bonterin fight recently. Um... And if he gets clipped, it could really damage him. And again, looking at the TJ Dillashaw Henry Cejudo fight at flyweight, that is what happened. He got he got clipped very early and couldn't take it because everything that was that was going on with the weight cuts and everything else. Um, it's so difficult to determine where Cody is in comparison to like a Kai Kara France because all right, Cody's on a bit of a skid, but his losses were like two to TJ Dillashaw. Rob one to Rob Font, and then who was the other one? I can't remember who's that, but it, I mean, uh, Munoz, I think, was the other yeah. one. And it's like, these are phenomenal fighters Killers. that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got a win over a Sunsail, who I know is also on a bit of a skid at the moment. But you, you can't necessarily compare the, the quality of that bantamweight division and the losses that Cody's had to Kaikara France and his wins. So yeah. it's really difficult to kind of measure them up. I do think that Cody has not been the same since uh, his losses to TJ. Mm -hmm. And I think even if you look back, he had that incredible night against Dominic Cruz, but all of his wins prior to that, there's nothing that really stands out as like some amazing name or win or everything. Well, that's what makes it so hard to judge. Because again, prior to to that, looking at his body of work other than the Cruz fight, you think, oh, he's kind of a berserker. You know, he he sees the red mist and then can just destroy anyone. But in that Cruz fight, he remained calm and outworked the best technical striker in that division, maybe of all time, kind of thing. Like, Cruz changed the, the game with his footwork and his striking approach. And... And Cody out outdid him there. He he outfought him and outboxed him. But that's one fight. It's mm. it's really weird, isn't it? It's kind of it's not. Yeah, it's so hard to uh, to predict or gauge. And as you say, how much has it, it it got to him mentally to win your first ten and then lose four of your next five is is big and and tough and maybe the pressure of being that a big name and be, and being a star is 
is tough at that at that level. And you wonder if that dropped to one, two, five. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, based on like, oh, I'm not having much fun up here. Like, sh- should I just give this a go before? And if this don't work, then then mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm done. Like, well, it, 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 it kind of smacks of that a bit to me. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot at stake for for Cody if he wins. Cody will be the biggest star down at 125. So if Cody Garbrandt wins, rightly or wrongly, I think he goes straight into a title shot. I mean, you've got people that are very deserving of a title shot there, like Askar Askarov and uh, and Pantoja. Mm-hmm. However, they're making the Figueredo three fight. Um, and I think they are aware that Moreno has got the potential to be a star as a champion, but he needs a, a foil. He needs he needs kind of fuel to, 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 to boost his fire. And, and a, go, a Cody Garbrandt win would do that for, for Brandon Moreno. If he were to beat Figueredo next, Garbrandt wins. I would not be surprised at all if the UFC make that fight thinking, well, if Cody wins, we've got a star back. If Moreno mm-hmm. wins, he takes some of the shine from, from Cody yeah. and builds his own star. Um, if Kai Kara France wins, on the other hand, which I think I'm leaning towards a Kara France win, but if Kai Kara France wins, then uh, he's probably the best he'll do is maybe like a number one contender fight against either a Pantoja or an Askarov. And there's another flyweight fight on this card as well, Perez versus Snell, which... Uh, will be an interesting one as well. So I think Cara France might, again, take some of that shine from Cody. Big win for him on a big card. But then he'll be fighting for a, a number one contender spot against a very tough fight in a Pantoja or an Askarov. And we'll see where it goes from there. I think I think if Cody loses, though, you look who's, who's next up on the card and you've got his kind of potential farewell bout with... with the beef there and the and 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 the no love lost and whatnot. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Well, should we move on to that fight, or, or do you want? Or anything? before we move on to it, I'm going to just run to the toilet. But I know that it's going to be at least five minutes of, of Stu moaning about how much he hates Sean O'Malley. So, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to miss that, and I'll come back in a second. 
But so is it is it Sugar Sean next then, or is it Josh Emmett's fight next? No, Emmett and Ige are on the prelims. So the right. main oh, card, the main card opener, and this is no, you know, the UFC are doing this on purpose. They do it with a lot of big cards. Is Piver versus O'Malley, uh, right. and I think I think Pip's right. What an interesting fight that could be if if O'Malley wins this, if Garbrandt loses. Do you make O'Malley Garbrandt uh, at 135? But what's your thoughts on the O'Malley Piver fight, Stu? Uh, I'm first of all, I love the fact that he's more happy that uh, Cruz is on the prelims. Like I love the fact that O'Malley's first thing he said was, and I quote: "If they thought Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz could sell more pay-per-views than me, they'd put him on the main card." I think it's just the UFC's a business and they understand what they're doing. So they're there because they're there. Like, he knows. He knows who he is and he knows as much as that fight is going to be incredible. Everybody's going to be tuning in for the Sugar Show. And, and it's, you know, it makes sense that, I guess, they're not going to put Sugar Sean headline in the prelims. You know, they, they want him on the main card because people are excited about him. Yes, people are going to be super hyped for Dominic Cruz, Pedro Munoz, but I think it's a good it's a good place to put it. Put it at the top of the prelims and kick off the big ones with Sugar Sean. I think the guy's a melt, but <laughs> why do you think he's a melt? It just annoys me. I was I literally was watching a highlight reel today, and uh, it was it was it Eddie Strickland. He, he starched one it in no Wineland. You mean Eddie Wineland? Eddie Wineland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've just that stood there and just threw that right hand, and it was like, make no mistake, he, he's got serious power in them hands, but I just think he's a melt. It's Stu hates him because Sean really makes Stu feel old <laughs> <laughs> because he's so y- 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 young and so cutting edge with all the stuff he's into. Stu just doesn't understand it. Oh, forget it. Well, you were all taking the piss out of me the other day because, uh, yeah, uh, um, I put one of my uh, little training videos on uh, on Instagram where I was trying to say, and then you instantly, it was the night after the Frank Mir defeat uh, against um, Pulev. Yeah. Uh, and you just put the words underneath my video, Frank Mir, and I just thought, you arsehole. You're just saying that because he's really old. Then I went and had a look. And I'm six years older than Frank Mir. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, oh, I, I think you, you're right. There, there is a reason why O'Malley's in this position. I mean, for the hardcore fans or whatever, Cruz Munoz is a much more compelling fight, 100%. But... Um, but it is, it's, the, it's the sugar show, and, and we'll all want to see it. It's a great way to open a card, especially if he were to get a first-round KO, or mm. even if he does a little bit of what he did against uh, Almeida or, or Moutinho, where it goes on that bit longer into the second and third rounds, but he's just lighting guys up and showing off his skills. I think the Piva fight is is interesting. I think he 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 won't be able to do the whole... The thing that he did against like Almeida, where he walked off KO'd, but the fight wasn't stopped, and then he had to go back to it and all that stuff. I mean, mm. Piva is clearly is he's like Wolverine. He can recover very very quickly, as we saw in that fight against uh, against Kyler Phillips, yeah. because Kyler Phillips was, I think he pretty much ten eighted him in that first round mm. uh, of their fight although the judges didn't necessarily see it that way. Um, 
And then Piva came back and was able to win the next two rounds, despite being clearly quite damaged and very, very tired. Um, I think O'Malley's just technically too good a striker. The other thing with Piva is he used to be flyweight and he used to be a tall flyweight. So now what we're, what you're trying to make him do is deal with someone that's taller than him. And, and O'Malley's so big for, for 135. So I think Piva's probably not often had to deal with fighting a guy that's that much taller than him. He's usually the guy I think that's a little bit taller or has a reach on someone or something like that. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how he can fight the shorter fighters fight. Um, but ultimately, I think we're all expecting Sean O'Malley to put on a show and to do well. I think Piver's tough. I think he can take some punishment. But ultimately, I think it will be a finish for Sean O'Malley. Not looking past him, but if you know if Sugar Sean gets this win, like where does he go next? He's got to get a ranked guy, hasn't he? Surely. Oh, he's he's teased, um, and it's something that Charles Sonnen was going on about him doing, um, and he started teasing it in interviews with Area and others of just saying, "No, I want to set out my current contract against nobody's." And then negotiate for a good contract, contract to fight the big names. And it's again, it's just genius marketing and to wind up the people who hate him and fire up the people who love him. Just go, no, I'm, I'm happy to fight late replacements, people who are making their debut, and then we'll get a nice, good, good bumper contract, and we'll and we'll make that run for the title. So, who knows what's next for Sean? Yeah. I mean, he's, I don't know how old he is. Have you got any info on Sean Up? Is it, have you got his age? Let me have a look. Um, he, can't, he can't be very old, can he? He's 27. He's 27. So he's actually older than I thought he was. Yeah. But it's still so much time to, to do well. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's the... Uh, I'm going to try and pull up, pull up the rankings because, I mean, I definitely don't want to see him anywhere near Frankie Edgar. Please don't do that. Um, no, no, thanks. But, I mean, I also think Sonia Don's on a good run, but I don't want to see him fight now. Let him fight later. Let him see if they can get a few more wins and that fight's a bit kind of like higher up in the rankings. Um, I mean, he's he's mentioned Dominic Cruz. They'd be on the same... Uh, I was going to say, Munoz or Cruz ain't, ain't, ain't bad sh- shouts, really, yeah. are they? Although, would Dominic Cruz, I think, is going for the belt. So yeah. I think... I think he's not going to look behind him. He's only going to want to fight people in front of him. It's interesting that they've kept Cody, Cody Garbrandt in the bantamweight rankings despite sending him down to flyweight. And if Cody Garbrandt mm-hmm. loses, as you said, Pip, that could be a great fight because there is beef there, but it would throw uh, O'Malley straight probably into like the top 10. I mean, Cheeto Vera, would Cheeto want to take a fight say, again? The I don't think there so. Could be, well, that does could nothing be big, for Vera, though, does it? Who's come off a big win against Edgar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But then I don't again, think... I don't know. Is, is it a money fight? You know, no, because he's still not going to be on pay-per-view stuff, is he? He's just going to have his... Unless they boost his contract to fight him. I was going to say, it could headline a fight night. Yeah. A fight like that. Yeah, definitely could. You could main event, which could be, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And then uh, a Sun Sal's fighting Ricky Simone. I don't know when that is, but that fight's booked, I'm pretty sure. Um but and Ricky Simone is someone that you know O'Malley's had a little bit of beef with in the past. Has called him out. So if Ricky Simone goes out there and beats the Sun Sal whenever that's booked for, 
and then he takes his spot at like number 12, that could be a really great fight. But again, mm-hmm. I think that's two young prospects. Simone's got that really good wrestling and stuff. I think that's a genuine challenge. Definitely. Simone wanted O'Malley. it as well. Yeah? Simone wanted the, the other fight when uh, when Sugar Sean uh, fought that uh, fella from, uh, well, I can't even remember his name, bless him. Chris um, Martino, are you on about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, Simone wanted that fight. And uh, yeah. Sugar Sean didn't seem to engage in uh, any kind of conversations about that. Mel. Yeah. Um, right well that is unless anyone's got anything more to say on it that's the main card Mm. yeah now there are some absolute corker of fights and some great fighters on the rest of the card do we want to quickly run through any in particular I mean just to I mean I'll throw out there there's Randy Costa Tony Kelly I don't know a huge amount about Tony Kelly but I really like Randy Costa he had that great fight with Yanez a while back which he unfortunately lost but Perez versus Schnell, which is a big fight at, at flyweight as well. Perez is ranked fourth. Uh, Schnell's ranked ninth. Ryan Hall's back. He's fighting Derek Minna. Um, Excited about that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, we're and, all, we and, all love Ryan Hall. And He's one of them where it's like the, that last fight kind of killed some of the old oh, potential title yeah, contender yeah. Um, thing in me. But I'll happily just watch him be weird against anyone like it doesn't i don't <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need yeah. to go on a big run i can yeah. happily watch him just be absolutely unique like no other fighter against more yeah middling f- fighters so yeah always excited to see ryan on and pleased he's on on early because as as someone who stays up to, uh, to watch him live it's always those early ones that it's like harder to get through until we get to the the big yeah. fights. So yeah, excited to have someone so odd on early early doors. Um, uh, unless someone's got anything else to say, uh, uh, Augusto Sakai is taking on Tai Tuivasa. I mean, that's going to be one of those ones I think where Tai has to completely stay away from uh, from Sakai because Sakai's grappling is 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 very good. But I mean, we all, who's not a Tai Tuivasa fan? Yeah. Love I it. mean, exactly. coming down to the ring to the uh, or the cage to to Spice Girls or um, yep. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. I mean, the guy's a real character. <laughs> he, he smashes it every time. Shuey's on the way out. Everyone's yep. rooting for him. Sakai's ranked eleventh, so getting Ty into the rankings would be a lovely thing to see. But whether he's actually good enough to mix it with those top ten or so heavyweights, I'm, I'm not convinced yet. But I definitely want to see him do well because he's a great fun fighter with yeah. knockout power yeah I mean look yeah. at what he did to Greg Hardy yeah yeah <laughs> we, we like that one don't we we do Enjoy like that one <laughs> um, so then I mean unless anyone's got anything else to say about that we're on to probably the two biggest fights on the prelims yeah um, mm-hmm. the bantamweight fight we mentioned earlier is Munoz versus Cruz Munoz is ranked 8th Cruz is ranked ninth. I mean this, again, from a technical point of view, a great fight, but from a kind of like what's at stake type of point of view, I'm a bit like, it's not, it's not got a huge amount to it, Seems it? like I a mean, weird one, doesn't it? Yeah, Considering it does. the amount of people you'd like to see Cruz against, like Munoz is far down on that list, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. And again, it speaks to what you were saying about him, him eyeing one more title run, I guess, because... He's up for fighting anyone in the rankings and things like that. But, yeah, it doesn't really set you on fire. 
No. And it, I mean, you say he's going for the title and everything. It only moves him up like one spot. And I know there's yeah. a bit of a log jam up there. We've got your um, your problems with uh, 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 Aljamain Sterling and then you've got Peter Yarn. TJ's not quite right yet. Aldo beat Font, which means, well, would Aldo go back and fight Yarn again? Font's now dropping back. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, you could see Cruz win this fight and maybe he goes up against a Corey Sandhagen or a Rob Font. And if he mm. were to win that fight... We know Cruz is marketable. You'd probably shove him in a title fight after that. Is he, though? Is he as marketable as the names you've just mentioned? Because you, you've just listed a lot of names there. Sandagen, Fon, yeah. um, Jan, Algerman. These are all fighters that are, are, are killers in their prime that people are excited about. And I don't yeah, know. but they're not like, the name of Cruz. Cruz. They're yeah, but has Cruz done Cruz. enough? A win over what? Casey Kenny? Is that that exciting? No, but it's not about them doing enough, is it? It's about what's going to make money for the UFC. And I think if Dominic Cruz beats Pedro Munoz, who's a good name, if Dominic mm. Cruz then goes on and beats like a Corey Sandhagen or a Rob Font, who's up in that top five, then I think you will definitely see Cruz get a title shot after that because he is a more recognisable name than the other guys that you've that we've all mentioned. Mm. Mm. I yeah, don't I, I don't see him getting past someone like Sandagen. No chance. Just don't see that happening. Well neither, neither do I to be fair, but I think that's kind of the trajectory mm. that he, he might look to go on. And it's weird as well because we look at uh, Cruz and, and, and I just think, oh, he, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a he's a veteran now. He's you know he's in his twilight years of his career. He's only a year older than Munoz. Yeah, yeah. So that's mad, isn't it? Mm. Mm. But you could you could see, and I'm just looking at his his record. You could see him rematching someone like TJ to get that one f- yeah. fight towards the title sh- shot. Mm. And again, mm. he's got the win over him. It was one of the most you know hyped things at at that point in the in the sport because TJ had clearly been so influenced by Cruz, yeah. and then he came back and fought th- the master. Um, but yeah, I think that there's still it's the UFC, and there was a point where they would do anything to have either the name Cruz or or Faber in the in the title match at that weight class. So I do agree that he could leapfrog people. And again, you look at your people like Font and your Sandhagens who have just taken a drop in 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 what's going on. They've looked good, but they've they've taken a loss and. Because of that, I could completely say him being leapfrogged with, yeah, another win under his belt. We yeah. all want Cruz Aldo, right? Yeah, I'd love that amazing. fight. I'd absolutely love yeah. that fight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, let, let's just acknowledge last weekend and, and how good Aldo was. Uh, just incredible, phenomenal. Just the Phenomenal. explosiveness of that man is just yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? It'll be being outworked and then just go, bang, the fight might be over now. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, All right. it's just so good, isn't he? I mean, it's just, yeah. it's almost like, God, in another universe, he just somehow rolls under that shot from McGregor <laughs> and we saw a, <laughs> yeah. a real fight between them. Yeah. yeah. And the world could be a very, very, very different place. Um mm. It's amazing how he's dropped down to 30. A man that was struggling at 45 to make weight at times. Now, obviously, the science is better. We're seeing Dan Hooker now looking like he's going to drop down to featherweight again. And because the science is, is so much better now to be able to make those, those weight cuts. 
and Aldo's clearly taking it very, very seriously, and it's it's he's doing phenomenally well. Um, I, I really thought Font's boxing was was terrific, and Aldo just seemed to deal with it incredibly well. Um, yeah, I, I I I just think he's phenomenal. I, the only the only shame of it is that I think Peter Yarn goes on to become the proper champion. He's interim now. I think he goes on to beat Aljamain Sterling, and I think he could be a dominant champion. And Aldo's already got a loss to him. So I think that would delay yeah. him getting another shot. And by the time he would be able to get round to getting another shot, it's possible that, you know, father time catches up with all of us eventually. Uh, so we, we'll have to see how, how that plays out. But I think Aldo for sure. Aldo Font is a great fight. Aldo TJ is a great fight. I was um, just having a look at Aldo's record and he's been fighting undeniably at the top level for at least 12 years like 12 years ago it was cub swanson mike brown uriah faber and that's just kept going and going and going and yeah obviously he's had his his losses but as you were saying before about the people that um the the other fighters have, have, have lost to He's lost to Holloway and McGregor and Volkanovski and Peter Yan. It's like, yeah, of course. That's not. There's no shame in in losing any of those fights. It's mm. yeah. You mentioned Legend. Hooker earlier. Just something that I, I read today. <clears throat> I see a quote from uh, Coach Kavanagh saying that uh, Hooker's a good fight for Connor's return. Interesting. Yeah, I think that that is a really interesting fight for Connor's mm. return. Um, I, I mean, I'd watch it. I just mm. how I mean, there's a lot of talk of Michael Chandler, which I think is a terrible fight for Connor's return. That's oh, um, that's straight back in the octagon and back out on the stretcher again. Like, yeah, I I, I, I I don't think that does does Connor any favors. Uh, I just don't I don't know what you do with Connor. I mean. The thing is, if he gets one, again, what we were talking about earlier with name value and what the UFC do, if Connor gets one win, he's straight into a title shot. It doesn't matter what's going on with Dariush, Makachev, Gaethje, no one cares. The UFC will put Connor in a title fight if he has one win. Even if he doesn't have one win. I was going to say, I think he's wins, if Poirier calls him out, if Poirier yeah. wins and calls him out, sadly. He could get a title shot, which is criminal in if my Poirier opinion. Poirier wins, but... and he can have Makachev, or he can cash in with Conor McGregor. <laughs> what fight do you think he's going to take? Of yeah. course, it makes all the sense <laughs> in the world. I mean, and the narrative they they can sell it to you like, look, it's one one. The leg break doesn't count. It's one one. Well, you've got to work out what what happens in this trilogy. Let's do it. And yeah, and then the narrative is there. It will happen. I I wouldn't really give Connor a, a chance, but shit happens. You never know. I mean, mm-hmm. look, that's not to say Connor's not a very very good fighter. Of, of course, he still is a very very good fighter. But to have lost to the loss to Mayweather, obviously that you know it's boxing. It just doesn't really count. But that meant that he got so much money, and then what was it? He did, was a fight after that Khabib, which he lost, yeah. and I think there was so much hatred there that I think that loss probably impacted him a lot. And then after that, he comes back again Sorry. after quite a long period of fine time and and fights 
a Cerrone that is really waning and, you know, is, is uh, uh, yeah, that, that win over Cerrone didn't count for much to me. I, I, I think if he doesn't come in straight to a title shot, he fights someone l- like a Cerrone as a give me another highlight, give me a chance to do something good, then get on the mic um, type fight rather than a, as you say, any a Chandler or anyone or, or like that would give him absolute n- nightmares. But as you say, Hooker's interesting. He's he is a fan favorite. Yeah, he is he is going to stand up with him. Mm. He's a Blake and, favorite. Yeah, he is a Blake He's a favorite. Blake favorite, big but, time. Yeah, absolutely. And but the thing is, if they're looking at Hangman as a new Cerrone, I think they've got another thing coming. I think he one thing oh, Dan Hooker is that Cerrone is not is durable as hell. He is mm. so, so durable. And uh, I know he got clipped by Chandler. I think that's just, it was one of those things. But I think Hooker is really, really durable. He's a very good striker. He's very long. He's got that kind of Diaz quality to him. Um, yeah, I, I think it could be a really interesting and a really good fight, but I, I don't think it would be anywhere near the easy fight if they're trying to, uh, as Cerrone was, if they're trying to make that comparison. Mm. I can't believe Blake has managed to bring it back round to Dan Hooker, as you I know, I know. <laughs> he'll, he'll get something in about Arnold Allen's back in a minute, I oh. promise you. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of featherweights back, is, uh, is Josh Emmett is, is back. Yeah. He, he's played with like injuries here and there. He's fighting Danny Gay. Number seven against number nine. Um, are they worthy of those spots in the top ten? I'm not 100% sure. I do like Emmett. I think he's good. He's a fun fighter. Uh, but he's not been very active. Um, and then you've got Dan Ige, who, I don't know, he's he, he's lost to very good fighters. He's lost to Calvin Cater. He's lost to Korean Zombie. He's got that win over Edson Barbosa, which I remember thinking that Edson won that fight. So right. he's he's not. I, I don't look at his resume and think that he's a top ten guy. Really, um, I'm gonna lean Josh Emmett, but I think I'm not overly confident in saying that. Just because with the inactivity, you're never sure how a fighter's gonna come back and react. And if he's only having a fight every year, year and a bit, or whatever, it's it's very difficult to know what kind of Josh Emmett is gonna. Enter the octagon, but um, and Danny Gay's a very active fighter, but I, I think Danny Gay, in my head, is not really a top ten guy, or at least he won't be for much longer. I think you're right when you look at their records that it's not it's not setting the world on fire. The people that they've that they've, that they've beat, and I was looking at, at Emmett and looking at Shane Burgos, Michael Johnson, Ricardo Lamas is the only yeah. names or. I must add, Beckett again, good names, but they're the ones that jump out. And I thought that's not that good. Ego must have a better one, and he hasn't. No. As you said, the 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 big names on his list are ones he's lost or mm. scraped past. Yeah. So, but they are both really good. Yeah, they both show a lot in there. They've both got good technique. Good, yeah. They they come to fight like it makes sense as a as a prelims closer type type fight to yeah. to get people fired up to to buy the pay-per-view but 
This is yeah. sort of similar to the Jeff Neal Santiago Ponzinibbio fight. In that, I, I think again, it's another one that could very easily be a fight of the night. Could go the distance, slugging it out back and forth. It could be like that. Equally, Josh Emmett, much like Jeff Neal, could catch him early and put his lights out. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at that weight class, and it's it is mad because it's another one that's got a log jam at the top mm-hmm. because of of Max and Volk who are destined to fight forever um, <laughs> yeah Giga with Chikante. all of us cheering along yeah Giga Chikante has got a fight booked I think I can't remember who that's against but he is uh, he's probably not far off a title shot He's he's got a fight against Calvin Cater is that who that is yeah, Cal- yeah. Th- that'll be a really good fight yes mm. so then next to each other in in the ranking again you you always end anytime i look at this weight class you you look at like would someone please fight arnold allen oh god <laughs> please just yeah. someone fight arnold allen he's so good well i know he's calling for chan jun uh but then dan hooker's called for chan jun if he goes down to 145 but then oh really yeah dan hooker was saying i'd love to go down to 45 and fight korean zombie uh, and I know Arnold Allen is definitely after that fight. And it makes a lot of sense for Arnold Allen. He's on, what God, what is he on? Like a seven, eight fight win streak? Something like eight, that. I think. It's crazy. There's a ridiculously good win streak. Um, but he's not got like a star name. He's it's on a, a ten really fight win streak. streak. Ten fight win streak. Ten fight. Jesus yeah. Christ. Is that in the UFC though? No, or that's as he got into the UFC. So yes. Sorry, eight in the UFC. And eight two in the to- UFC. To bring him there. But that's still, that's phenomenal. He's, he's like yeah. the featherweight Leon Edwards in that, in that regard. You know, eight fight win streak in the UFC, but not quite yet got that huge star name. I know obviously Leon's a different story now with the Nate Diaz win, but um, he's not got that star name anymore. Uh, Zombie's such a good fight for him. And that would be a great fight. That would be a really, and that would shove him right into the top five. Ortega's had his chance. Yair Rodriguez has missed his chance now, potentially, against the people. So, you're looking, if Arnold Allen were to beat a Chan Sun Jun, there's a March card coming. Maybe it could get done for that in, in London. Um, the other person on that list that uh, I know that uh, uh, Allen was talking about a while back, but he's quite a bit far behind him in the rankings now, is Edson Barbosa. But Barbosa mm-hmm. only recently lost to Giga Chikadze. So, you know, there's... Yeah, there's a lot to do there. There's, I, I, I think that that featherweight division is is a really really good division, particularly that mm. that kind of again what I think will be the top ten. Like when you think Bryce Mitchell needs to get back in there soon, uh, Evloev maybe fighting again, uh, and we'll see what happens with uh, with Bruce Leroy, who's always a fan favorite as well. But yeah, I think it is it is a really good division, particularly that that top top five is is really really good. Absolutely. And and Edson Barbosa isn't someone that people tend to call out, regardless of how winnable it can be. It's still, if you lose against Edson, you're probably finding out about it the next day, like (laughs) finding out what happened and how it went. So he's not one that people are, even if they're below him, he's a big name. So so it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, it's a great division. Great division. It's a great card. This Saturday... Uh, Vegas UFC 269 Scribbis Pip thank you so much oh, for mate, coming are you, are on you in proper John Anik then just pulled it all in and it is a great <laughs> card ladies and gentlemen this Saturday just calming down b- b- 
Bisping and Felder or whoever yeah. rambling away. <laughs> Scroobius Pippin, black and gold befitting a champion. <laughs> I love this it. This podcast was brought to you by P3 Protein. <laughs> Um, and we'll be back next week with a, a post-fight show. Um, enjoy the scraps, and uh, yeah, and we'll catch you next time. Laters. Bye, guys. <laughs>